Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. So today's episode is going to be one that's a little bit different. And we know that COVID has been incredibly challenging over the last year, and it continues to be challenging for so many of us. But we really wanted to reflect on our experience in 2020 with COVID, and we wanted to share three things that COVID taught us. We are no longer the teachers. COVID is the teacher. (laughs) But first, let's hear a TSH from a top teacher. This top teacher says that their TSH is listening to everyone complain about teaching in this COVID environment. Yes, I know, avoid them. But sometimes we just can't. Spend your time productively, teachers. The time you spend groveling, complaining, and boo-hooing about our situation is so much better spent seeing what we can do to make the situation the best we can, find the good in the situation, and teaching those parts of life to our students. Yes, you can grovel, complain, and moan for a while, but not every single minute of your life. Thank you for giving me the avenue to get all this out. And I love your podcast. As I make my way through all the episodes, as I just found it about a week ago, almost done binge listening as I binge watch the YouTube channels. Ha ha ha. <laughs> you know, I really like this, uh, this top teacher. She truly spoke some words of wisdom. I feel like she dropped the mic on everyone. <laughs> But I think, you know, we oftentimes talk about all the things that we, you know, we're hating at the moment or we're struggling with instead of trying to figure out a way of making it better. Um, it's like it's easier just to sit and complain about it. Um, so I I really love that she just gave us some tough love and really allowed us to kind of reevaluate how we are reacting to the situation um, and figure out how we can be more proactive. You like how I did that, Michelle? I do. <laughs> and I agree wholeheartedly. I especially love that you mentioned it's easier just to continue to think negatively. I think that's the honest truth. It is easier to sit and groan and complain and moan. That is a lot easier than trying to find a solution. And I know personally, my feelings throughout this pandemic have been like a roller coaster. Sometimes I have been feeling super negative and then other times I have more of a positive outlook. But it really made me think of that quote, uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Because there are certain aspects of COVID, I'm doing air quotes, you all can't Mm -hmm. see me, that we cannot control. Like I have to wear a mask when I go to the gym. That's not something in my control, but I can choose how to view that. I can say, you know what? At least I get to go to the gym. At least I get to go and work out. And you know what? It's probably going to make my lungs a lot stronger by the time this is done because I'm getting used to sprinting on a treadmill wearing a mask. I mean, that's pretty (laughs) impressive. I don't know if I could do that. So I'm, I'm, well, I can't do the gym in general, but let's just be real. I don't, (laughs) I don't think I could do the gym and a mask on top of it. So kudos to you for doing that. Yeah, I, I do agree. Like COVID has been definitely Um, really difficult for everyone. And I think this idea of trying to twist it to make it positive, it's that whole idea of having like a growth mindset, right? Like instead of saying things negatively, like how can I twist it to make it more positive so that I can continue to persevere, to grow, um, to be better and not to fall kind of in that negative black hole that we oftentimes will, will think of. And the truth is, is we've all had different experiences this past year, right? 
we've had experiences with, you know, financial difficulties, family difficulties, you know, people passing away, which has been really hard, um, health difficulties, mental health difficulties. Like it's just been a really, really hard year. However, I really, and I know Michelle thinks this as well. I have always been a believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, and whether it's good or bad, it happens for a reason. Um, and I do believe that there have been some good things that have come out of the situation with COVID and everything that we've been dealing with. So the idea of this is that we're going to talk about the good things that have come out of COVID. We are not in any way trying to uh, lessen the difficult times, the the hardships that you've been going through, um, the changes that your family has gone through. We are not trying to do that at all. We recognize it. We've been through so many of those same difficulties this past year, um, and it's hard. However, we want to look at more of the positive side, and we want to um, see this as a learning experience, um, and then how we can take what we've learned and pull that into 2021. Beautifully said, Bridget. So we are going to start with our first takeaway from this COVID experience, which is taking time to be still is important. This is something when Bridget and I reflected on our experience that we both agreed with. So Bridget, do you want to kind of explain like what this means to you? Yeah. So in my head, I feel like we live in a society where we're constantly on the go, right? We're constantly doing things, um, trying out new experiences, going different places, you know, wanting to experience new things. And suddenly it was all taken away from us. We couldn't do that anymore. And we found ourselves having to be still. And I'm kind of saying that like literally, like having to sit and just be still. (laughs) Um, And we had to be able to deal with the calm, the silence, the, you know, the just the quiet instead of having the constant hustle and bustle. Like in my head, when I think of being still, and this is just because it's my preference and this is the life that I want to live <laughs> for me personally, guys. So don't judge. Um, but when I think of being still, I think of being out in a wide open field, the wind blowing. It's like springtime, the sun on your face and all you're doing is just standing there and you're really just experiencing you know, everything, the sounds and everything around you. You're taking time to just stop and take in your surroundings versus you trying to constantly experience everything. Um, It's just a different type of experience. Does that make sense, Michelle? Yeah, it does. I think for me, it has a slightly different meaning. And it's because everything you just described is something I really struggle with. And as you mentioned, (laughs) it is a personal preference. Yeah, I do not like silence. Um, I tend to always have something playing, whether it's a podcast, music. I don't like to sit in silence. Like I love to have noise. And it's probably something I should work on. It's I would say not ideal in most situations. But for me, taking time to be still really means not adding more to my plate. (laughs) I'm sure you all know this by now. I always add a lot to my plate, which this is something that I've done my entire life. So at this point, Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I could change it. But 
I remember my pop-pop, um, who's no longer alive, but he used to always hear my mom say, like, Michelle, stop adding to your plate. It's already full. And my pop-pop would always say, yeah, but your plate's pretty big, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, pop-pop, it is pretty big. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but during this time, I was able to remove masters from my plate, meaning I got my degree. I no longer had to deal with grad school and earning my master's. But I have this bad habit of whenever something is removed from my plate, I then try to fill in that space. But during this time, for like one of the first times in my life, I didn't want to fill the space. Like I literally wanted to have free time and be able to do just nothing. And I think it's because I had been working so hard on my master's for so long. Once it was done, I was like, you know what? No, like I just want to kind of sit here and honestly... I finished in April. From April through December, I did a pretty good job of not really adding much to my plate and just kind of having downtime. And then come January, I was like, okay, I'm I'm ready for some change. I'm ready for some new ventures. But it at least was a good reminder of, you know what, it's okay to not always add to my plate. So yeah, I do. I do remember, Michelle, like how you um, you did take more time to like just say, I'm not, I'm going to say no to more things and just spend the time for myself, which is really important. Um, because I know that you are definitely that person that just wants to say yes, yes, yes. Like I want to have the experience. I want to be able to do it. I want to continue to grow myself, but I was really proud of the fact that you were able to kind of just stop that, you know? Well, I appreciate you uh, noticing that's, that's great. Apparently that means I did a good enough job where others actually picked up on it. So I think for each of these takeaways, we should explain like what changes are we making moving forward? So Bridget, this this whole idea of being still, how is this affecting you in the future? So I think for me, and it just kind of like as an FYI for everyone, like I am that person that wants to have like a farm, homestead, whatever you want to call it. Like that is my dream gig. I cannot wait to be able to move out in the country away from everyone. I enjoy that type of life. I enjoy making things with my hands. Guys, I spun a needle on the ladle the other day. I felt so like homesteady. I'm going to pretend I know what that means and just nod and smile. So, you know, like wooden bowls uh-huh. that so you spin it and then you take like um, a really sharp like wooden tool and it basically like allows you to create the shapes oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That's it. That's okay. What it's, that's the whole machine is called the ladle. So okay. my, my father-in-law has one because he's a woodworker. So I got to experience things like that. So for me, um, I when I think of that whole idea of being still, I really want to take time to enjoy those aspects of my life. Um, and I do think that it kind of goes along. It, it, like the way that we think about it, Michelle, is interesting because we were thinking about it a little bit differently. However, I think we still connect in the same area because in order for me to do that, I have to say no to more things mm-hmm. and I have to release things off of my plate more often. So like the times where I want to go and spend time in pottery, in silence, like just like making something with my hands or going out into the garden at my in-laws farm, like those moments I have to have things released off of my plates in order for me to truly enjoy it so I think for me I'm going to really focus on listening and when I need time away from school away from like 
the everyday hustle and bustle of trying to, you know, run my own business slash be a teacher and all of the other things, I'm really going to make a conscious effort of saying, I'm going to spend this day out on the farm and I'm just going going to experience being still and taking in my surroundings like wholeheartedly. What about you? I've traveled to this farm that Bridget is referencing, by the way. It's lovely. Um, I had to do races with Blaine for like five seconds and then he kept giving up. So (laughs) as he's cute, as Bridget just said, I think the biggest change for me moving forward, and this applies to my personal life and to my work life. I really want to continue saying no and building this habit of not always adding more to my plate, especially responsibilities with work. And what's interesting is in my work life, quote unquote, like my life as a teacher, I think my desire to add more to my plate comes from feeling guilty. I want to please people. And so when I get asked, hey, can you do this? My automatic answer is yes. And I'm like, it's fine. I'll figure out how to do it later. But then within my personal life, and this is mostly business oriented, my desire to add more to my plate really comes from I want to be successful. I want to always be trying to achieve more and be the best version of myself. And that's just like a personal thing. That's what makes me really happy. As Billy's boss would say, uh, that's what frosts my cookies. So (laughs) (laughs) that's really cute. (laughs) It is really cute. Um, So I think for me, I just want to be very selective with what I choose to pursue. We've said this before on the podcast, saying yes to something is really saying no to something else. So even though you think you're not saying no to anything, the reality is you are. And most likely you're saying no to those things that truly bring you joy. As Bridget mentioned, I don't have a farm near me, but I have other things that bring me joy. I love to go to the gym. I love to be able to travel. And I don't want to have to give up you know, the opportunity to travel because of work or personal obligations. I want to be able to fully enjoy that time. So for me, just being selective with what I say yes to so that I can also, in theory, be selective to what I say no to. All right, Bridget, take us into number two. I like that one. All right. So the second thing that we learned from COVID or during COVID uh, is to be grateful for normalcy. (laughs) So this really kind of goes back to um, how we think about uh, just being still. And it's this this constant idea of us needing to be on the go and we, us having new experiences. And one of the things that I think I found out is that like Blaine in, in this situation, like during COVID was very challenging. So Blaine is my seven-year-old. Holy mackerel. He's seven years old. He turned seven like in January 2021. But he is a mover and a doer. He likes to go, go, go. He's constantly wanting to just do stuff. He is not the child that likes to sit and just like hang out. That's not him. So um, for him in this situation, it was really, really challenging in the beginning because he didn't really quite understand like, how do I just stay in one place? How do I just deal with the boring everyday life? And if you guys remember... Um, if you go to episode 056 and that on that episode, we talk about how to do more with less. And Michelle and I had like a really good deep conversation at one point where we're talking about how I think in our society, we can't 
just be okay with boring. Mm -hmm. It's like we constantly have to judge everything up and we have to make it super fancy and exciting and fun. And um, we can't just be okay with normal. Um, And so it's this idea of just being grateful for the normal everyday life. Um, It's allowing us to just be able to love the simplicity of life, if that makes sense. Um, And to allow us to be more creative with what we have versus trying to go out and figure out like, how can we make this super exciting and fun every single day? Um, And for me, I think more than anything else, it's really allowed me to have peace and joy with just having a routine and being with my family. I know like right before COVID hit, I was saying yes to so many different things. um, And very exciting things. But at the same time, I was getting really, really nervous and scared because I was starting to write my own curriculum. I was starting a membership site. I was starting to um, travel. So I was going to be going to Australia over the summer. And I started to get really scared. Um, I am not that person that likes to go out and experience a bunch of things. It's like pushing, I'm a hermit. It's like pushing me out of my comfort zone. Um, And I ha- I was able to really stop and enjoy my family and go back to routine and find joy and peace in that. And it was just a really, really nice experience. I love what you said about enjoying routine. I personally love doing the same thing day after day. And I know a lot of people would say, oh, but that's boring. Like you said, Bridget, I think too much change or too much new all at once is scary to me. So I really enjoy when I know what to expect. And I know that I'm going to do A and then B and then C and then D and so on. But during this time, Billy and I kind of discovered that he does not enjoy that. So this has been a lot harder for him, which I'm going to come to in a second. I think my biggest takeaway with being grateful for normalcy is not taking things for granted. You know, Mm -hmm. in hindsight, I think there were a lot of things where I just expected it. It, And the reality is it's a privilege and could be taken away at any time. So for example, I already mentioned being able to work out without a mask. Like I haven't been able to do that now since March and it's so crazy. Or even going to the gym because the gym was completely closed for a few months. And I don't think I... I was going to say, I don't think I ever thought that was possible. However, Billy and I did have an experience. I'm going to tell you all a quick little story uh, because it's kind (laughs) of funny. So back when we lived in Salisbury, Maryland, uh, I want to say at this time we had been dating about three to four years and he had gotten me into going to the gym and we went to a world gym, which is like a franchise gym, you know, and he at that time was working like night shifts. So he went to the gym in the middle of the day. And then I was planning on going after school. And before I went, I remember I was on Facebook and I saw a post, something about the gym being closed. And I was like, what? Like, and I texted him and I was like, hey, like, is the gym closed? And he's like, no, I was there earlier. I was like, okay. So I drive to the gym and I pull up and literally the gym was just being like dissolved. Like they were carrying out equipment. Basically what happened, y'all want the inside scoop, they were not paying their bills. <laughs> and so the police came in shortly after Billy was in there working out and like, yeah, they, he missed all of that action. So he like goes to the gym like normal. And then I go after school and it's like, just kidding. It's not a gym anymore. Cause we owe millions of dollars anyway. Oh my God. <laughs> 
think something else that I've really taken for granted is being able to travel freely. Billy and I love to travel and it's very strange when it's like you can't do that or there's these new restrictions on how and where and all of that. And then even really simple things like being able to go to the movies. I remember Billy and I had this conversation about routine and he was like, I feel like we're doing the same thing every day, but I don't know what to do to change it up because typically like we would go to the movies and we can't even do that. And it's just all those little things that you start to take for granted and you never view them as privileges, right? Like you think it's something you're entitled to, but the reality is they are privileges. They can go away at any time. And often we overlook these very like mundane aspects of our life, but those are the experiences that make us human. You know, we don't always need more, 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 or newer or better. Like we can be comfortable, like Bridget said, with what we have, we can get more creative with it and we can just enjoy the simplicity of life. So now that we've kind of talked about what this means to us, Bridget, what changes are you making moving forward? So I think for me, the biggest thing is appreciating life more for what it has to offer versus me trying to build and create new experiences. I find that I will kind of stop um, and enjoy smaller moments where it's not like a big, huge, fancy thing. Like, let's say, you know, my family decided to take a trip somewhere and we're experiencing this really cool thing. Now it can be as simple as, you know, watching my boys jump out on the trampoline in the backyard because you have a trampoline now (laughs) we have a trampoline did I tell you we've got a trampoline I totally think okay thank goodness I was like oh my gosh am I that friend that forgot to tell her but like now it's like enjoying that type of a moment where it's just doing that together or you know hanging out on the couch with my boys or doing some sort of an art project with them something very very simple and it doesn't seem super fancy and crazy exciting but there is still happiness that kind of goes around that moment. So I'm going to appreciate more uh, for for what life has to offer. Um, and then I'm going to enjoy my routine a little bit more often. So um, the biggest thing is going to be, you know, stopping work at specific times of the day in order for me to enjoy these smaller moments with my kids, making sure that on the weekends that I, I really have more time. Now, this may require me to have to stay up a little bit later, which is what I'm not used to. <clears throat> we all know that I like to go to bed at like eight, seven, seven, eight. <laughs> That's exaggeration, guys. I was I don't really go to bed that early. But I do need to probably take that work that I would normally do during, you know, the daytime if I'm working on my business and then wait until after my boys go to bed and spend that time working there. So I'm kind of just shifting some of my priorities and making space to be able to enjoy those smaller moments. Um, And that's really going to be the biggest things. And I think more than anything, I want to teach my kids to enjoy the normal. I want them to be happy with normalcy and not expect that everything has to be super crazy fancy and exciting for them. Um, And I want to instill that into my own students as well. You know, I don't want them to think that coming to school has to be like some big hootenanny. I knew that word was coming. No, I'm sorry. But it's going to it's going to be fun. But and we're going to enjoy each other. We're going to have laughs. But I also want them to um, start to appreciate the normalcy, which super fun fact, guys. I uh, 
I, I haven't said anything at all about this. So I got sick in December, <laughs> like early December, like the 13th of December. Um, and at the time we're recording this, it's, it's January 17th. I just went back to school. <laughs> so I have been very, very sick over the past month. Um, and so I think now my students are very grateful for normalcy because they were like, oh, yeah, everything's kind of like the small things, like the lights and the music and the way that I do things, like everything just kind of felt normal to them. And they really enjoyed that. So I kind of felt excited and proud of them for that for that piece. I love that. Um, so I think for me, in terms of school, since Bridget was just referencing school, I really want to make sure I'm not taking for granted those quote unquote normal aspects of teaching, those really simple things, being able to actually see and hug my students. I have not even met my students in person yet this school year, which is insane. And I've seen some of them outside of school, like at the grocery store or while I was dropping something off at their house. It's still not the same. And actually, it warmed my heart the other day because we're supposed to, and I'm using that very loosely because things keep changing, we are supposed to go back hybrid the beginning of March. At least that's what they've said right now. And my students were asking me questions about it and I was telling them and one of the girls goes, well, once we go back, like, can, can you hug me? And Aww. I was just like, we'll figure something out. And I like gave her a little air hug through the screen, but it was sad because the reality is probably not Probably not. Mm -mm. Or maybe it's at my discretion. I don't know. We'll see when we get there. But when things do return to normal, whatever that is, I want to really appreciate those little things, being able to pass out supplies to my kids. Because I know when we do go back, like we're still not going to be able to touch their materials, being able to have them work in small groups. Like that's such a simple oh. thing. But now we can't it do it. It is the thing that I miss the most. Yeah. The small groups is the thing that I miss the most. So like all those little things that we used to, again, think we were entitled to now have been taken away from us. So really appreciating those. And then in terms of my personal life, again, appreciate, appreciating those little things that I get to do. I am privileged enough to travel. I am privileged enough to go to the movies, to be able to work out. These are very simple things, and I feel like they don't get appreciated enough because we're always worried about other things. We're always worried about what's next, what what can I do more, and I feel like that kind of ties back to number one, right? Like saying no to things to be able to really appreciate the little things. We're on to the last one, Bridget, just like that. Yeah, yeah. So the last thing that we learned um, is the need to prioritize the things that are the most important to us. So before COVID, I mentioned that I had a lot of things going on on my plate. I was going to go to Australia. I was speaking for my school. I was going to be doing other little things. I was trying the membership, starting a curriculum. I was trying to do it all. I was saying yes to everything. And then once we were really forced to stop and stay home, many of the things over my head just kind of went away. I didn't have to worry about them anymore. They were not things that I was super stressed out about it. It wasn't causing me a lot of anxiety. Um, and now I really start to see the importance in certain parts of my life. So I'm able to really categorize and um, some of my different goals and my dreams. And because I was forced to stop, be still, enjoy the normal, um, I realize that 
not everything has to be important to me. If everything is important, then nothing is important. One of my favorite sayings. So I don't have to say yes to everything that comes my way. I don't necessarily um, have to make everything so, you know, important and put that on the first of my plate. Um, so now I'm starting to prioritize things. And it's interesting because one of my absolute, I think hands down, and I know I say this a lot, but hands down, one of my favorite episodes, Michelle, is the day that we did the glass balls. Yep. That's one of my favorites too. And hands down, one of my favorites. I would just like to shout out, we did have someone leave us a review on iTunes and they told us how many times we said balls. I can't remember what the number was. I think it was like 19 or something. But if that was you, we saw you and we were like, this person follows directions. (laughs) It was great. But you know, it's interesting because like I now understand and I look at life so different because of that episode when we started talking about that. And so there are times where I'm going to put my family first and I'm going to have them as my my important and my priority um, because I have very little time with these little precious babies. And holy moly, every time I like look at Ian, he's taller than he's me now. He's a little man. He is literally he, a little man now. He, he is growing facial hair. Oh. Like, he, he is becoming like a man. Like he's going to be able to drive in a couple of years. Oh, I don't even know what I'm going to do. But, you know, and then I have my little, my skinny boy over here. <laughs> it's like my gangly. <laughs> he's just got, he's so leggy. <laughs> he is. But he, and they're growing up so fast and I don't have a ton of time left with them. I mean, at one point or another, they're going to end up leaving me and they're going to go have their own lives, which is great. And hopefully they'll give me grandchildren, just not too soon because we don't want that. You sound like my um, mother. Yeah. <laughs> But I, oh my gosh, I'm a mom. <laughs> Sometimes I, I'm amazed at how old I am. Um, but I really do think that I am going to try to put my family on priority on sometimes. I'm going to put other pieces, um, you know, as a, as a priority. And I've really been working hard over this last, you know, several months that we've been dealing with COVID and having this lockdown thing where it's more I, I'm focusing on my goals, my desires, my dreams, and trying to figure out what am I going to prioritize to make it, to make them true. So that's kind of my my real big takeaway. What about you, Michelle? So I think when these really low times in life present themselves, and yes, I am classifying COVID as like a really low point, I believe we have to surround ourselves with people and with experiences that truly make us happy. It makes me think of that quote, you don't get a rainbow without some rain. And those tough experiences are often a reminder of what is really important, right? Like what is making you happy? And I'll be 100% honest, during this time, school has not been one of those things. And that's just the reality. My students were, okay, don't get me wrong, my students were. But the actual act of teaching and then dealing with all of those school responsibilities has not been. And I think it's because quote unquote teaching during this time has looked so vastly different from what teaching has been otherwise. And those things, those in-person experiences with my students are what made me love teaching. And I don't have that the same way that I used to. But for me, what became important and what I started prioritizing was just spending time with Billy, you know, watching shows together. We watched about 20 seasons of Survivor. We started a new show. Bridget, do you know what it is? No. Ozark. What is it? (gasps) 
Do you like it? So Bridget is the one that recommended Ozark to me. Um, I, okay. We're going to go on a little, little tangent here. Okay. I like it. It's not my new favorite show. Does that make I sense? I love him as an actor though. Oh, like, Billy I hates really, him. Really? Yes. Billy <sighs> hates him. He's like, he hasn't I been in anything him. good. <laughs> what? That is not true. Game night. Game night. He was in Game Night with um Rachel. Is it Rachel McAdams? I don't think I don't we've even know the guy's that. name. That that's that's in this show. I don't even know his name. Jason but Bateman. Either way, isn't that his name? I think maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's. His but name. he was like he was in that show and is super funny. And what about the one like Identity Theft? He was in that one. Never that was a good it. one too. Oh, guys. <laughs> well, I I like the show but I haven't gotten invested in it yet like typically I latch onto a show and I'm like I have to know what's happening next I want to follow these characters and I think the problem is I don't love any of the characters on the show so it's really hard for me to like get emotionally attached to it if that makes sense you're really gonna hate the wife well so we are six or seven episodes into season one okay um do you hate the wife I I I don't like any of them I, I mean, I don't hate any of them, but I don't like any of them. I feel really bad for him. I do and I don't. In he, this entire story. Well, and maybe there's more to the story that I don't know yet, but he put himself in this situation. I don't know. I do like well, his mannerisms. No, to be fair, his, his, um, to be fair, his partner put him in the situation because he didn't know about it. And then his partner was having issues like where he started like the accounting thing or whatever. His partner got him stuck into this whole situation because he didn't want to die. So he ended up saying, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, so that people wouldn't end up dying. So what I hear you saying is that I need to be worried about my business partner and the shenanigans (laughs) she might get me into. All right, moving on. You never know. (laughs) So what has become important for me that I've been prioritizing is spending time with Billy, just having fun playing games. I mean, him and I love to play Dutch Blitz. We love to play Monopoly Deal, Connect Four. You look like you're going to say something. Dutch Blitz. I really like Dutch Blitz. It's so much fun. So much so fun. Much fun. We've, when you get like six people in it, whole, it's like intense. That's what I was going to say. We've only ever played with just the two of us. So I would be very interested to try it out with more people. Um, and then just trying to better myself, which, you know, I do through a lot of business things. I mentioned how being successful is like really important to me, but also just through fitness and I've taken a step. I guess I can tell y'all I haven't said anything on Instagram or YouTube. I've kind of been keeping it on like the DL, you know, the down low. Um, You all know that I've been going to the gym for a while and I've been, quote unquote, powerlifting just kind of on my own. Like I wasn't following a program or anything, but I've hired a coach. And so I'm actually actively training for my first meet. And like that has been really, really important to me. So Bridget... What changes are you making moving forward? So I think the biggest thing is that I'm going to make better choices in what I'm going to say yes to um, and really focus on how to manage my time a little bit more to where I am. Like I said, in the evenings, making sure that I'm spending time with my kids. I have some space with them. Um, I have time to be able to to, you know, do some of the things that I really enjoy doing with my family, because that's really, really important to me. My family is very, very important to me. 
So I want to prioritize them a little bit more because I don't think that I have. Uh, the past couple of years, I've been so focused on trying to grow myself so that I can make a better life for them. Um, my parents were very hard workers. Um, my mom is from Mexico. My dad is from Pakistan. And they came here with nothing and they really grew it to be something really great um, so that they could leave a life legacy to their kids. Like they're still working. God bless them. Like, holy moly, they just never stop. And I think that um, that characteristic, that just who they are, was instilled in me. And so I really want to make sure that I leave something for my kids and that I give them a good life. I want them to have a good life, but I also want them to work for it. I want them to learn the value of work and hardship and all of that. So I'm trying to do that more often and prioritizing my family is going to be important. So figuring out, um, making better choices on what I'm going to say yes to. I'm going to focus more on my goals. Um, And I think Michelle totally knows this about me. I am like shiny objects person. Like I see something and I'm like, ooh, let's do this. Or ooh, I want to try this. (laughs) I love shiny objects. Um, And so I have to really make sure that I am really staying focused in what I'm trying to do so that I'm not being uh, deterred by those shiny objects. And then I want to focus more on um, what I believe is important versus just trying to keep up with the Joneses. And I think um, I have a really bad habit of comparing myself or um, thinking that, you know, what I'm doing is not enough, uh, that how I'm doing it is not good and people are not going to like it. And I I really worry about what everybody else thinks about me. Um, I have been this way since I was little. Like, I remember, guys, oh, this is so bad. Super like deep moment. Michelle, I don't even think you know this about me. When I was little, I moved to elementary schools a ton. And I never really had friends because I moved. I probably went to one, two, three, four, five elementary schools. That's a lot of elementary schools. Yeah, that's tough. So every time I moved, I would have to try to make friends, which was really hard for me. And I was called all sorts of names. Like people did not like me. Um, And so I remember, oh gosh, this is so bad and it's so embarrassing, but I'm saying it anyways. All right. Do it, Bridget. I remember giving kids money to try and get them to like Bridget. me. Oh, I know, I, mean, I know, I know. I, I know, get it. So like bad. I understand. <laughs> I like this is just my personality. Like I want people to to like me. I really, really do. And I think I have been. So, oh, I have always been so focused on what everybody else thinks about me that it never really, I never really stopped to think about what I think about me. So I have been working on that as an adult for sure. And I've definitely gotten better at it. Um, But yeah, so I'm going to try not to keep up with the Joneses and comparing myself with everyone else and really focus on what um, I am doing and what I have to offer and, and be okay with it. So wow, that got deep. Well, (laughs) let's move on. The good news is you do not have to pay me to be your friends. So we got that going for us. (laughs) I think for me, I want to constantly remind myself that being a teacher is only one aspect of who I am. It's not all of me. It's one part of me. 
And it makes me think of something my principal has said to various members of our staff. Um, And it's kind of morbid, but at the same time, it's a reality check I think we all need. She will say to us, if you were hit by a truck today, we would have your position filled tomorrow. And every time she says it, it's like, dang, okay. But at the same time, (laughs) I think we all need that reminder of like, in terms of your district, you are a number. And that's really like... It's not that your job isn't important. It's not that you're not recognized by your district. But the reality is there's always going to be teachers. And ultimately, you cannot sacrifice who you are for your job because you are replaceable. You are. You're replaceable. And I just think for me, like I love my job and I love my students and I do the best that I can. But I'm not going to make certain sacrifices in order to be the best teacher, quote unquote, that I can be. Like who I am and what I'm giving during my contract hours is enough. I don't need to sacrifice my personal life and I don't need to sacrifice those things that make me happy for a job that there's tons of other people out there who could take my position if needed. And I think I just need that reminder for myself. Um, And then I also have realized that sometimes I have to kind of break out of my routine. As much as I love my routine, I like feeling comfortable. I've realized that stepping out of my comfort zone is very, very powerful. And it's what helps me continue to develop. And I think I do that in a few different ways. I recently rearranged my office and that was like a quick and easy way I say quick. I mean, it took a couple of hours, but it allowed me to like change things up. And I suddenly felt very rejuvenated again when I was in there working. And then also stepping out of my comfort zone by hiring a powerlifting coach. Like that is very much uncomfortable for me because I'm not used to getting feedback. And I'm, you know, it's just a big step. And I think doing more of those things that are going to allow me to continue to grow. So you all thought we were done. But we actually have a bonus takeaway that isn't so much related to us. It's more so related to education. So, Bridget, I'm going to let you take this one because you were the one that brought this up. Yeah. And I think it's one that's really important to just recognize. So uh, during this time, a lot of schools uh, really didn't have a huge emphasis in technology. Now, I will say that my district, I was very, very, very... um, just lucky in the sense that we did have such a huge focus on technology. We already had one-to-one iPads. Every kid in the district had a device. Like it was just, there's Walter, he's barking. Sorry about that. But like, just keep going. Just keep going. Is he done? (laughs) Is he done? Gosh, (laughs) every time I try to talk. Um, But one of the things that I feel like, um, you know, all the kids ended up having a device in our school. So as soon as COVID hit, it's like, education was scrambling to figure out, well, how are we going to do this with kids at home? So we've started to see a lot more uh, districts, you know, um, counties, whatever you want to think about, started investing in technology. Um, It really forced schools to get the technology in the hands of other 
of all the kids in their districts. And it forced schools to acknowledge that technology is important and that it can be extremely powerful in education. And this is important because let's be honest, guys, er like technology is everywhere and it's only going to be more and more and more tech. Like unless you are like me and you want to go and live like in Alaska in the middle of the woods away from everyone, technology. <laughs> I didn't know you wanted to live in Alaska. I wanna there can't be that many farms away. in Alaska. A girl, it's the wilderness. It, it's How also covered see, in snow. Like, the Alaskan bush people. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I watch in my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, but so unless you want to live somewhere totally remote, technology is inevitable. It's only going to continue to grow. We're only going to see more and more advances. And if we don't start taking the time now to really try and see about how we can incorporate technology into our classrooms in order to ensure that kids are looking at it not as an entertainment tool, because that is what technology is truly viewed as with our kids. They view it as entertainment. They have no idea how to view technology as a tool to learn. So it is our jobs as teachers to help them see you can actually learn a lot of stuff from here. It's amazing how how long it takes me to get kids who will raise their hands in my class and say, hey, how do I spell this? Or what is this? And I'm like, you have a Google box in front of you. Like, Google it. Like, why are you asking me this question? When you can take the learning into your own hands and you can figure it out yourself. So it's taken a lot of time, but it's definitely getting there. And I really think that when we look back at this time, this time in education, it's really going to just be a pivotal moment. Technology can't replace everything, obviously, right? Because we need to have human interaction. We need to we need to make sure that we're still having that conversation because that's really important. We have to have that incorporated into our classrooms. Um, but it really can help us overcome a lot of obstacles. And I think uh, COVID really allowed us to to start seeing it that way. And it kind of pushed teachers outside of their comfort zone and really get them into seeing how technology can be so, so useful. Mm. Dropping truth bombs on us, Bridget. Yeah. So everyone, those are the top takeaways we have had during this COVID time. If you have enjoyed listening to us, you know, pouring out our hearts, giving some tough love, sharing some non-relevant stories, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will be notified every time we drop a new episode every Thursday. And we would love for you to check out our website. Y'all, we have a brand new website. Okay, head over to teachingonthedouble.com. We personally think it is a big improvement. Maybe sometime in the future, we will tell the story of our website because it has been a labor of love. But just know right now, we got a new website. We've got some freebies on there. Go grab them. Leave us a review on iTunes. We would love you forever. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.